0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by
1: Tony Marchese. Tony, it's Luis Robert Day. Johnny, I will crack him to that, my friend. If there was ever a time oh, to crack yeah. a beer, it's crack right now. That as well, My mind is in Lot B, Johnny. It's definitely in Lot B. And um, First off, we'll get it out of the way. Happy New Year to all of the listeners of this show. Thanks for joining us. For our first episode in 2020, but Johnny, it's a great day to be a White Sox fan. And I think that uh, we don't get to say that often enough, but I think it's something that we may be saying quite often in this next decade. So, man, it's good to have you back on the mic. It's yeah, good to no. be back talking White Sox. It's our second show of the night. Uh, you and I just finished. Talking about uh, a Blackhawks loss over on Blackhawks on Tap, but uh, let's talk about some good stuff over here. Yeah, today uh, was a great day.
0: Absolutely, Tony. It was a great day, and yeah, I just want to say Happy New Year to all of our listeners as well. I hope you know that I have not been hiding from you. Negative Nani has not been hiding. Uh, I'm not just trying to hide from the flack uh, that I deserve from uh, you know all of my rants from various post-game shows last year and even our off-season episodes after the winter meetings uh, and whatnot i believe that was the last one that i was actually able to get on i've been busy i had up the black hawks coverage over here over at ontap sports net so uh on nights when two of them need attention uh black Hawks are my first priority whereas white Sox will be tony's so uh just so you know how that setup works over at ontap sports net but hey Tony, worked like out very said,
1: conveniently for you over the past uh <laughs> month or so here well there. hey
0: I, I would yeah i would have liked to get on and be excited with you guys you guys know i was but uh you know gotta hold down the fort on, on all ends here so um I am over the moon ecstatic about this because this is something that um, I thought was going to be an issue. Uh, My biggest thing was the service time. Where are they going to hold Luis Robert down? Uh, Even though he was, you know, proved that he was ready, proved that he was ready last fall. We were calling for it. And uh, they eliminated any of that concern, just like they did with Eloy Jimenez last year today when the White Sox signed Luis Robert to a six-year, $50 million contract. Um, the, the terms on this one, he'll get 1.5 in 2020, 3.5 in 2021, 6 million in 9.5 in 23, 12.5 in 24, 15 million and in and then 20 million options for both 26 and 27. Tony, that's music to my ears.
1: It's a great deal. It's absolutely a great deal for the White Sox. It's a great deal for Luis Robert, and I'll do it for Buzz. Robert. Luis here you Robert. Hey. Here we go. I'm Good rolling the rolling car there. It, it, You said it's Luis Robert Day. It is Luis Robert Day Hell here yeah. at Sox on Tap. Um, great deal for both parties. You know, a lot of people are out there. There was some discussion out there. I know Beef Loaf was saying, you know, this is well below market value. Good. Good that it's below market value, you know, because for the White Sox, that's a great thing. That it's below market value, and this is something that Rick Hahn is excellent at doing. We saw it with Chris Sale, we've seen it with Tim Anderson. That one's a little bit arguable depending on how tim anderson c- c- continues his development and if he is really a uh, you know 330 plus lifetime hitter i know that's probably not going to be what we're going to get out of tim anderson but hey prove me wrong i'm just going to say this right now johnny if there's one thing that you and i love doing it's being proved wrong oh by I, these players and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit i want to i want to talk about the article that you and i co-wrote together but <laughs> rick hahn has been excellent at doing this. The White Sox organization has been excellent at doing this. And that's signing players to early extensions that maximize the value of return on investment for this ball club. And Johnny, we talk, we talk all the time about the White Sox not being able to land these big free agents on, you know, hundred million plus dollar deals and all this other stuff. And yeah, that's frustrating. But let's take a look at this other side of the coin here. If the White Sox are really good at lock up young talent, extend the competitive window of this ball club, and this this move today and the move with Eloy Jimenez last year are not only great moves for this immediate future, but the long term impact of this ball club and, and and the players and the money that needs to be moved around to keep things competitive. Let's take a look over on the north side right now. And you know you can come at me for comparing socks to Cubs, but look at that mess right now. Look at the look at the fucking mess that's up on the north side, mm-hmm. and how the Cubs can't seem to piece things together to keep that window open. You know that that type of thing. And I know they have a World Series championship to the rebuild right now, so that's that's great. You could shove that in my face all day, but. I don't want that to happen to the White Sox. Should we be able to add that to our resume? And what we've done right now is set ourselves up in a great way to not have that happen. To be able to continue to add to this core with surrounding pieces, like, for example, Dallas Keuchel's, Yasmani Grandals, players of that ilk that are going to help this team remain competitive and yeah. I know I'm putting the cart before the horse here Johnny but this is this is good building blocks oh. right here yeah,
0: so uh, one thing, you know, i got to commend Rick on because the last time we talked, Tony, it was a disappointing winter meetings. Obviously, the Wheeler thing, uh, that was really the last thing that we kind of touched on. And then uh, the Mazzara trade, um, that was really the last thing I had to talk about with you on here. And it just seemed like, oh, you know, more of the same. Um, what are we going to do here? And then the first signing being Gio Gonzalez. I mean, no, granted, at the end, as long as you get all the pieces, it doesn't matter what order they came in. I understand that. But when you first saw that, first of all, my shtick, proven right. Thank you very much, uh, Gio Gonzalez. They did not call it an offseason, though. So thank you for proving me wrong then on uh, the second part of that statement. And I putting
1: titled our episode just to, to piss you off that you were not on it. Not to, not yeah. to piss you off, but to, you know, <laughs> well, continue he, yeah. on with the shtick that you, you had provided us with.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, you got to stick with your shtick, right? So uh, stick I, that's, that's what schtick. I did. Yeah, exactly. Stick, so
1: sticking with your shtick <laughs> is cool and tough. Yeah, Let's just cool. lay that out there for everybody right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to back down from it. And like you said, we love being proven wrong here. Uh, There's, you know, for the amount of BS that we've gone through as White Sox fans, uh, there's no real backing to be overly optimistic about things, uh, especially with how things unfolded last off offseason, uh, missing on Machado and then even just the fallout after that and having basically no backup plan behind it. So you weren't really uh, encouraged and that's where we were, um, but they proved me wrong, which I love. And uh, kind of getting back to that point that you had said, though, about avoiding a situation like what's kind of going on uh, on the north side right now. Um, Han is sticking to his word of building a core and a pool of talent that can uh, result in sustained success. You know, that's what they talk about, a sustained success window. Um, this tweet from Jeff Passan today uh, really just kind of put it in perspective. I, I'm going to read it off for you really quick, and then you can react to it. White Sox control the player, the following players uh, through the following years. Luis Robert, 27. Yulian Menez, 26. Dylan Cease, 25. Tim Anderson, 24. Michael Kopech, 24. Lucas Giolito, 23. Yohan Mancada, 23. Grandal, 23. Keiko 23. Madrigal Vaughn Dunning, at least 26. How does that make you feel?
1: Oh, boy. I don't know what just happened to me. That was amazing. All right, Tony's going to get a change of <laughs> pants,
0: and then I'll be right back, everybody.
1: <laughs> I mean, wh- what else do you do in that situation? You read that off, and you're like, "Holy shit! Come on now, this is like we were, like I just said. I mean, you've set yourself up for this. This is great. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's been some issues around signing premier talent to kind of complement what we've had going on up until now, and I wouldn't even call some of these signings Johnny premier talent. It's just good players. And so I think it was Pat Flowers who wrote an article for us at, at ONTAP Sportsnet about how to continue on with the offseason after missing out on Zach Wheeler. And, God, can you imagine just for a second had they landed him? Like, I, I, I feel like we still probably would would have made the same moves. Maybe not Dallas Keuchel, but some of the same moves around it. But, geez, they have executed on so much this offseason that is good for this team. And, and even before that, the building blocks have always been in place. I think what our biggest worries were, if, at least for, I'm speaking for myself and maybe for you a little bit here, the biggest worry was that they were not going to be able to fill out the rest of the roster spots that mm-hmm. were currently anchored by a ton of dead weight. We look at guys like yep. Yolmer Sanchez, who, yeah, he's a gold glove player, but he was almost an automatic out every time he came through the lineup. A guy like Adam Engel, who's an excellent defender as well, but you know, just never really figured it out with the bat, but can serve a good role on a competitive team as a pinch runner, as a defensive replacement at the end of the game, guys that are luxury guys, like, like an Adam Engel, or, you know, the Charlie Tilson's and um, Ryan Cordell's of the world who are slightly below average at best baseball players, but, you know, wind up on rebuilding type teams. And I think we, we kind of saw enough of that because, It just, it starts to get tiresome, you know, like you're waiting for your diamond in the rough to show up and they never really did. You know, you had a really good showing from Nicky Delmonico at first during this rebuild. I think he was like the first kind of guy where you're like, okay, the fans really love Nicky Delmonico. He's producing at a really unsustainable rate, but if he keeps this up, he's going to be awesome. Then you see Nicky Delmonico fall off, and here comes Daniel Palka, another guy who's (laughs) just you know mashing home runs and is a fan favorite, and he interacts with everybody on Twitter, and he's a great guy. And then you see him fall off. So it was like we went through a lot of this, like, I hate to say lovable loser type shit, but that's what it was, Johnny. That's exactly what it was. It was lovable loser type shit that you saw with the Chicago Cubs and, like, the mid two thousands and nineties, you know, you had like some star players, Chris Sale's and 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 Jose Abreu's and and great players, and then like a lot of like lovable loser type type guys, and we went through enough of that that we we kind of got accustomed to the fact that like we're going to have some of these guys on this team who aren't really that great but have some good months, and then we have like other guys who are you know the Ryan Goins of the world. And the uh, Jose Rondones of the world, the 4A type guys Mm -hmm. who filled out the rest of this roster. And we were never able to really put it all together. Now Now let's look at this lineup now. There is not one player in the White Sox lineup outside of maybe Nomar Mazzara, who also does have enough potential to be an impactful player, hasn't shown it yet. But you go one through eight in this lineup and you go, holy shit, how do how the hell do you pitch around some of these guys? Yeah. That's a totally different lineup than what we're used to seeing. It's totally different. This is a it's major potent. It's, it's, potent. Potent. it's going to set off a lot of fireworks. There's gonna be so much fucking sulfur in the air around thirty fifth and shields right now. There's gonna be so much fucking sulfur in the air. It's gonna be it's like going disco demolition. It's going to smell like fucking rotten eggs for miles with the amount of bombs this team's going to hit. Johnny, I am so fucking excited. I'm so fucking excited right now.
0: I can't wait. Uh, I think you hit on a lot of really good points there. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. Uh, we get impatient, no doubt about that. Uh, seeing all those types that you had mentioned roll through here, uh, the Charlie Tilson's the Daniel Palka, as much as like you'd said, love them, love the guys as people, but as guys that are going to win you, you know, baseball games, not so much, um, just never panned out, uh, only for very small spurts at a time. Uh, like you'd mentioned, Nikki Delmonico as well in that crew. Um, you know, it, it is just refreshing, Tony, because I thought for sure we would be talking about even if there were some upgrades at some positions. Because, you know, the first one was Yasmani Grandal, and we were like, damn, that is a really good first step uh, on the Grandal Day one that we had. I believe that was you, me, and NWI Steve. we are like, damn, that's a really good like, first step. Now we got to keep building. And it kind of they made us hold our breaths uh, in the middle there. Does that make sense? with the winter meetings one and it was kind of a limbo land where it's like, uh, is this all they're going to do? Are they going to push, you know, further than that? Or are they just going to be content with that and go for it in 21? Uh, is that, is that going to be the mentality? And no, we kind of put the fucking pedal to the metal. That's what he did. Uh, and he shut me up. He shut you up. He shut Pete hand up. He shut uh, all of our other, you know, uh, sort of group that was just, you know, rightfully, uh, I guess, critical uh of the way that things had been operating here and the direction of the team and the mentality of the organization itself uh overall and they shut all that up and uh They filled it with guys who are actually extremely serviceable. And, uh, you know, you get some really high-flying names in here. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, obviously no slosh behind the plate, one of the best framing catchers. Uh, Gets on base a shit ton. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is a former Cy Young winner. Um, You got Gio Gonzalez. If that's your, you know, like at the very end of the rotation, I had said that because I thought that was going to be their one signing, and he's going to be like your three. So if if people want to get behind my shtick from last year, uh, that would have been a a that's-so-White-Sox move. Uh, of the 2016 through 19 White Sox. You know what I'm saying, Tone?
1: Um, oh, yeah.
0: Sign him and he's like your number three like throughout the year. But no, and now he's like sitting there and he'll probably be like, you know, like four or five, depending on uh, a Rodon health, a Copec, you know, uh, call update, all of that kind of stuff. So um, it is. I honestly got to say I'm a little bit shocked. I didn't think I would be sitting here and talking about this thing uh, in the manner that we are with the talent that we have in front of us. Like you said, when you kind of lay out a kind of projected lineup uh, at at this point in the offseason, I did not think we would be at this point, but I am so happy to be proven wrong.
1: Dude, it's it's just it's night and day right now over what we saw last year. It's night and day over what we've seen for the past few years just looking at this lineup. And now there there's going to be injuries, there's going to be weird stuff. Some guys may underperform, some guys may overperform. But I don't think that falls on Rick Hahn at this point in time. I think what we've seen this off-season is a direct message that it's time to compete. It's time to end the rebuild. And I think when you you go back and you talk about some of the the frustration and the, the the why's of why we We're skeptical, you know, and and Steve Stone and I go back to this this is like something I continuously go back to is like, you know, it takes five years to build the house. Well, I don't know what kind of like fucking like construction crew came in here. You know, it's got to be somebody from like HDTV, you know, one of those like weekend overhaul crews. Because they went from like a five year plan right back into the four year plan and really accelerated this thing, this off season, and I'm really happy with it. You know, I'm like, I'm I'm the guy that comes back after the weekend when like the fucking property brothers were like in my house and I come back in, I'm like, Holy shit, look at all this cool shit You know, like that's where I'm at right now with this White Sox lineup because I, I think I tweeted the one out today or whatever, like listen to the listen to this fucking lineup that we had. And, you know, we're getting a little vulgar here. It's it's late in the, in the night, and this is the second show we've done. And, and, Johnny, I'm just so goddamn excited about everything right now. But, I mean, the the lineup that I tweeted on, I'm trying to find this tweet right now, and you'd think that it would be easy enough for me to do. But, you know, there's been quite as as many beers had that uh, you could possibly imagine. Uh, here it is. July 17th, 2019. Lurie Garcia, Yon Moncada, Jose Abreu, James McCann, John Jay, Wellington Castillo, Ryan Cordell, Yolmer Sanchez, Ryan Goins. Like, this was last July. This was last July. You know, there were some injuries to Tim Anderson and Eli Jimenez at this point in time, but that's just two guys. Like, at any given time, you can expect two guys to go down. So let's take Tim Anderson and Eli Jimenez and put them on the IL, and let's go look at this lineup right now. Luis Robert, Joan Mancada Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal. Left field fill in, let's go Lurie Garcia, okay? DH, Edwin Encarnacion, right field, <laughs> Nomar Mazara, Second base, July, thinking Nick Magical. Shortstop, you can go Lurie, you could go Danny Mendick, I, I, I don't even know, but at this point in time, you probably throw Adam Engel out there in center field and you shift Robert over to right or vice versa, and you throw Luray at, at shortstop. That yeah. is a competitive lineup. You're not looking at uh, literally from John Jay, Castillo, Cordell, Sanchez, Goins. You're looking at five guys who are basically automatic outs in your lineup. Yeah. It's totally different when one or two they, guys go they down. They
0: flip the script.
1: Yeah. It's it's it, it's literally renovation overnight is what they've done this offseason. And I know it's it's – it's not even March twenty sixth yet, but I can already envision this team being just a joy to watch almost every single game, Johnny. And that's that's something that we haven't seen in years, man. This is exciting stuff.
0: It. <laughs> Yeah, I need like you know, uh, I'm just a, a little bit of lost for words. Like I said, I did not think that we would be at this point. Um, I really didn't. Uh, just given the past and the perceived uh, mentality of the organization, but uh, obviously there has been a "let's get the shit going" uh, sort of mentality from. Uh, I would. It has to been instilled not just in Rick Hahn, uh, but in Jerry as well, um, because. It's a whole, it's a whole different, um, vibe than we've gotten. And I know that it's different when you're in a rebuild, uh, and and you're not, you know, maybe trying to pick, you're only trying to pick a piece here and there, um, in the off season. So you're going to go through a few of those that are just rough. Um, and you know, you're going to expect some of those lineups, like you had said, uh, coming out that next following season. But, um, I am over the moon uh, w- with how they have conducted business ever since uh, the winter meetings. And obviously, you know, start the off season too. I, I give them props. I did right after the fact uh, for Yasmani Grandal. That was the best start to the off season that you possibly could have had jumping in the market and getting him. Um, but I had, uh, you know, I did not think Keuchel was going to be a thing. I definitely thought the Boris hangup uh, was going to be there as well. Proven uh, wrong, think- too.
1: Like, yeah, <laughs> like, come
0: on, Pro- proven like, wrong. yeah, I love that. that. I, yeah. I love I love being proven wrong on that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, Grandall helps and Keiko even said it himself, uh Grandall kinda helps, you know, start get the ball rolling. Uh and also for pitchers, uh, when you're signing pitchers matters who the backstop is uh, and having a guy like Grondahl behind the plate, uh, an elite catcher uh, makes a hell of a lot of a difference uh, in those guys choosing where they want to go when they're on the free agent market. So um, I I think that was huge. And uh, I mean, there are probably still a couple of pieces here and there that you could you know, fill out to uh, bolster it a little bit further in relief. I I know one went off the board and uh, was a. Um, who went off from the Astros today? Um, someone was signed uh, earlier today, I believe, by the Nationals. So um, forgive us; we, we are in the wee hours of the morning. But uh, you know, there, there's, def- there's definitely still some that they can do. But I mean, overall, uh, definitely leaps and bounds out of where I thought they would be, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, I could not be happier. It was, I cannot wait. It to was be Will. Back
1: to, Will Harris, it? Will okay. Harris, Harris. Okay. which yeah, was a uh, uh, White Sox target. And we talked about that on the last episode. Uh, you know, I wanted Will Harris yeah. just for the uh, just for the name statement right there. You know, you can get another Will Harris on your team. I feel like you're yeah, in position mean, to win a I World think, Series. I think any
0: team could do with more relievers right now. Um, but if they cross that bridge and that's one of the last things that they do, So be it. Uh, It is what it is. And uh, you got to expect that with the number of arms, maybe some of these guys that we had been projecting as starters uh, end up hitting the bullpen here. Um, You know, we we have always talked about a possibility of Reynaldo Lopez being there. Obviously, I think he's going to get a shot to start the season, but you never know. Uh, Come, hell, come July, August, he may be one of the guys that's in there just throwing smoke in the seventh, eighth inning, Uh, you know. You never know uh, what could happen, and even some of the minor league guys uh, that are still making their way up through the ranks or coming back from injuries, what have you. So, um, I feel like I'm rambling here, but overall, just over the moon, ecstatic, pleased. Um, obviously, still, you can always do do more. You know, you can always improve more. But uh, it, shit, they proved me wrong.
1: And now we get into the point where we have to address the elephant in the room here, Johnny. Today there was a tweet that came from your account with a picture of you smiling. And I believe you quoted it with, when I see Luis Roberts' name in the starting lineup instead of having to watch grainy-ass highlights from Charlotte. And the elephant in the room here is that your monkey or... Hashtag Negative Nani (laughs) has been called into question and replaced with Hashtag Joyful Johnny. Are we going to see more Hashtag Joyful Johnny this year than we will see Negative Nani on this show? And I leave that question to you to address
0: I leave that question to the execution on the field, Tony. So uh, I don't know. There's no R in my name, but uh, we can call it realistic, uh, I guess is where i'll try to uh level at here it was easy to get down and get negative uh that's part of where the shtick was born from but um i also still kind of do subscribe it's just kind of a personality thing i subscribe to don't get up for the letdown and as excited as i am for these guys all the offseason signings look great um still the execution factor Ah, uh, these guys still got to go out, and you know Dallas Keuchel can't regress to being you know it, just an average pitcher. Um, that that won't bode well for this team. Uh, I would guess you know Luis Robert's going to have struggles coming up here. Um, I understand that, and I do foresee that. That's part of being realistic here. But um, if it's a season long struggle, and people are you know pinning this guy up really high to be a, uh, you know, rookie of the year candidate, and come July. Uh, there's still major struggles, whether it be at the plate or, you know, I would doubt that there's any reading balls in the outfield because he's so rangy and just a freak of nature. That's where I think, uh, one thing that if you're going to go to joyful Johnny here, um, I think that just the athletic nature of him himself, he is literally a video game character. It's been described as that by minor league commentators, teammates, all of that, um, So I do think that can overcome, whereas, you know, Eloy obviously has deficiencies in the field um, getting to certain places and then obviously had injuries on top of that. So you got to account for all that. But uh, getting back to your question, I definitely think you'll see more Joyful Johnny if this team uh, plays out as it's supposed to. Um, Like I said, execution will play a big factor in that. But um, I think we are definitely in a transition period here as we come out of the rebuild. Uh, Less negative Nani, more Joyful Johnny.
1: So what you're saying here is, is that you've been going through a rebuild yourself to transition from negative Nani to joyful jo- or negative Nani to joyful Johnny.
0: I th- I think that's fair, um, but there's still, there's still going to be elements of it. Um, I, you know, just like I said, it's the way I carry myself, man. You, you can't, you can't get too high because as soon as you get up there, you think you're on top of the world. Everyone right now who has Sockstober 2020 in their bio, don't be, uh, you know, shocked if it comes mid-September next here, year, and we are here.
1: Here, here comes negative ninety. Don't be shocked if it's r- r- roaring back in.
0: Don't be shocked if it's next September, and we are still six and a half out, and you know, six and a half out of the division, and three some out of the wild card. Just because there's going to be, you know, uh, we talk like think about the struggles that uh, guys like Yohan Mancada. Uh, went through a guy who's number one overall prospect in baseball. Uh, think about the struggles that he had in 2018. That could happen to Luis Robert. That could most definitely happen to Nick Madrigal. Uh, don't put it out of the realm of possibility. So I'd say stay grounded. Be excited for what we have. Be excited for our front office finally making additions. But execution is still part of the game plan here. Actually, that is the majority of it because, hell, if you underperform, then you're not going to get the results that you want. What this whole thing is geared towards: winning a championship, going to the playoffs, all that good stuff.
1: Correct, and and I like that. There there has to be a little dose of realism to, every, to for everybody, and I think that uh, you're going to get that with this show um, on the go forward. You know, uh, there there's going to be times where this team's going to struggle, and I think I don't know about you, Johnny, but me, I'm going to be more pissed off this year with every loss than I was last year or even the year prior. Um, when expectations we,
0: and stakes are higher, so yeah, I, exactly. Understand.
1: So there's going to be a lot more fire on this show. <laughs> I think I think a, a three or four game losing streak, it's gonna get ugly around here if that happens. you know the the, the expectations, like you said, are set a lot higher. And for me, with this roster currently constructed, it's playoff or bust this year for me. I think that that's fair. I think that that's a a reasonable expectation, playoff or bust. Because you started to accelerate this. You're bringing uh, Luis Robert into the fold. You've added veteran pitching. Um, We're not going to be seeing Dylan Covey you know, and potentially won't be seeing Carson Fulmer. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's around in some role for, for some odd reason, but um, you shouldn't be seeing those guys in your starting rotation. We don't have Odrisom or d'espagne in his chain anymore. So that's probably a little bit of a loss for this club, but um, <laughs> more of a loss for Char Knight's weekly, but you know, it's, it's the expectations right now for me, are playoff for and And that's, even, I mean, I kind of went into last year thinking, like, we need to make the playoffs. And I think we kind of all felt that just around, you know, our Sox group that we have here at, at ONTAP that But it's real now. You've added veteran pieces to this. Mm-hmm. You've got guys who are on one-year deals with, you know, second-year options. You've got guys around here who are kind of short-term. This team is built to compete right now. And playoff or bust seems very fair for me to say that's my assessment of this team. Um before we close this episode out, though, I want to talk a little bit about the article that you and I co-wrote together, um, mm-hmm. the hashtag that. So White Sox article that we released yeah, right well, before a lot of all this went down. So why don't you kind of clue everybody into yeah. that? Because I've been waiting to get on the mic with you um, and kind of talk about this thing, because I think it holds almost more of a significance than had the off season gone kind of the way we expected it to when we started putting this together
0: so background if you followed either of us on twitter last year you were probably familiar with the phrase the hashtag that's so white socks what that was was encapsulating you know the essence of the dreadfulness of being a White Sox fan, especially over these rebuilding years. Just anything that can go wrong will, that type of thing. Uh, embarrassing losses, uh whatever, what have you. I think the example missing out on in this on article talent yeah. missing
1: out on free agent talent that we should have yeah. signed, but like there's some weird thing. Zach Wheeler, for example. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a White Sox, even if it's kind of out of the control. It just happens to us. So that's a White Sox. I think the example that I use is from like a spring training game late last year uh, towards the wire of it. And it was like, you know, like a, a pass ball. lets the tying run score? And then Dylan Covey hits the batter. Uh, to bring in the winning run with a, you know, bases loaded situation in, you know, the bottom of the ninth. That's the White Sox. That's the kind of thing that we were doing. So yeah, we had, you know, had these different ones throughout the year. There were a number of different instances of that throughout the season, uh, both from the minor league injury standpoint, uh, underperformance standpoint, uh, all the way to the major league uh, happenings at 35th and Shield. So we decided to get together, um, write a co-write an article called uh, Predicting the 2020 that's so White Sox headlines. And now have you this was after the winter meetings when the only acquisition outside of Grandall was Mazzara at this point. And by the time we had this thing about ready to publish, Tony, is when they went and did the Geo Gonzalez signing, my shtick, sticking to my shtick here, um, that I had on Sox on Tap since last July. Um, we had said, Oh my god, that's so White Sox. Not that, and like I'd said, I prefaced it in the article. Uh, I wrote that little intro bit. Not that Gio Gonzalez is a terrible option for depth rotation, you know, for the White Sox. It's that he was drafted by the White Sox, traded away, reacquired, traded away again, and finally signed as a free agent. That's the type of thing that's so White Sox. And I had said, you know, call it an offseason after that, basically not make any more impact moves. Um Uh But grand, you know, they proved this wrong. But at the time of publishing, this is before Keuchel, uh, before Encarnacion, before any of these other big splashes started coming through. And uh, we went to town, Tony. I believe we wrote 57 headlines. And they are some of the most just egregiously white socks things <laughs> that you could possibly imagine. Um, if I can find it here really quick, um, I want to go and just read some of them so you can kind of get the mindset that we were in. Um When we wrote this thing, this published on December 19th. So before any of this happened, like I said, started off with, uh, you know, White Sox signed Gio Gonzalez, White Sox looking to compete in 2020. Luis Robert injures hand during base running drills. That's comes during the spring training time. Stuff like this, Jake <laughs> Berger nearing return, that was a uh, recurring one. Obviously, now we don't have to worry about this one, which I'm thankful for. But we had stuff like Kobe Detweiler battling for final rotation spot down the wire in spring training. Um, you know, uh, and we had just kind of had some funny, you know, laughers in their Opening day snowed out. Like that's another thing that can be that so White Sox. So even with the rebuild phase kind of being over here, there can still be that so White Sox things. Um, Just for a, uh, you know, kind of reference here, Um, you know, Mazzara not phased by early struggles. It's like, oh, shit, the one acquisition that we did make really is, you know, not whatever Um, Machado walks off White Sox, Tatis walks off White Sox, Um, those kind of things. You know, players that we either missed out on or traded away coming back to bite us in the ass. Um, you know, Lucas Giolito, 2019 was no fluke. Looks to get back on track after a rough start to the year. <laughs> we wrote these all in you know headline form, and we just gave a little tiny like uh, blurb about like our like commentary on it. And Tony wrote regression. Regression is a bitch. After that one about Lucas Giolito, and I kind of inserted all these gifs and stuff here. Um, another thing like that. Yolmer back to the south side question mark uh MLB trade rumors, we kind of like made up a source of where it would be from. Um so, you know, obviously Omar Sanchez like go oh, this off season, it's like, oh, they're already thinking about bringing him back. That's a state where we're at and magical nowhere near. Um now, we had some highs in here, like, you know, White Sox sweep Astros since even in our rebuilding years, we were still able to knock off the Astros somehow in the Yankees at certain points. Um, but then, you know, other stuff, too, to deal with the farm. Basabi's Birmingham struggles continue. Um, would not be shocked if that continues this year. Um, but anyway, OK, the essence of this whole thing is, Tony, um, this was absolutely the motivation for all these moves being done. We're going to take the credit 100 percent.
1: It has to be. So that's that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up, because we released this and then all this great stuff happens. And in true. What do, what do we call that? The crazy Marchese or whatever, like, you crazy know, like, effect. Yeah, that that effect that I had last year, you know, I'd get on somebody and then all of a sudden, like things would happen. I think the combined forces of negative Nani and the crazy Marchese effect in one article that just went through all of the bad, you know, like right there. I mean, it was just all of it right there for the taking. Rick Hahn read this article and said, fuck these guys. This shit ain't happening. I'm not going to have these headlines play out next year. Give me Dallas Keuchel. Let's, you know, load up. Let's get Luis Robert in there right away. You know, let's 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 make sure that this shit does not happen. And he's already gone out and like disproved like five of these headlines at least. Maybe oh, at ten least. of them.
0: Some of them are like chain happened. reaction stuff.
1: Yeah, so, a lot of this is yeah. chain reaction. So we go through this whole thing and I want literally almost none of these to be headlines. You know, I think it's gonna be hard for Recon to like really speed up Jake Berger's recovery. But like outside of that <laughs> Like he he read this whole thing. He had to. He had to be sitting on his desk, and he's like, "All right, I got to get on the phone with Boris. Let's get this done." You know, like that. That was the motivation there, Johnny. I mean, is there any 100%. other explanation?
0: No, there, there really isn't. I mean, think about the timing of the article, and then the timing of the signings afterward. The impact signings.
1: Mm-hmm. What's own in there? I mean, like the, there's, it's all right there for you. So go back and read that article. We'll and we'll just,
0: pin it below. When we do our you know, we'll drop the links for the episode. We'll put it in the thread tweet below and it said you can thank this. You can thank the predicting the twenty twenty that's the White Sox headlines for the off season moves that were made.
1: Well, this whole off season was not so White Sox. No. You yeah, know, I, I feel I, like we're a different team. Yeah. And I, I think that this is yeah. just I mean, and I go back to what I was saying earlier. This lineup, this pitching staff, there's depth. There's people here that are actual Major League Baseball players. We're lacking the 4A guys. We're lacking the what is this guy player. You know what I mean? Like we've got a clearly defined role for most people. We still have to address the bullpen. And, I, you know, right now we talk about, like, you know, skepticism of – you know they haven't been able to do it. well. They've gone out and they've done it. So I've I've got some faith, right now, Johnny. I don't know about you, but I've yeah. got some faith. They'll they'll make a signing and address a bullpen need. Maybe it's just one guy. Maybe it's not the best or sexiest option out there. Yeah. They'll do something. They know yeah. about it. Yeah, that, They're going that, to address it.
0: Yeah, I'd say the just on the bullpen point that's interesting because, you know, they're still right now, uh, after Luis Robert, I believe the guy that they had picked up on waivers from the Marlins back in whatever mid December, he was dropped. Um he you know, used wave today. So then um their uh 40 man roster still sits at 41. So there's probably either gonna be a trade or another destination for assignment, uh something of the sort. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see a possible trade like you had said, even if it's not the sexiest name, not the biggest name. uh, I could see them going out and doing one more thing there um, to shore up a bullpen spot. So, um, I mean, hell, never uh, count out my guy, Jace Fry, having a little bounce back year too, huh?
1: Hey, I'd love to see it from Jace Fry. He's one of those names that uh, I've kind of been really curious to see what the hell happens with especially with the new rule the three batter minimum coming into play here you're gonna have to get three batters out of jace fry can't really use him as that lefty specialist um somebody that's gotta you know figure out how to navigate through a few different players it'll be it'll be interesting across all of baseball to see how this goes but um geez man if jace fry can turn himself into a solid seventh eighth inning option look out
0: I would love nothing more. I just really kind of, uh, I think it was during the 2018 season uh, that I, if people are wondering why I call it my guy Jace Fry, um, I was not a fan of Juan Manay at all. Um, I was not Oof. a fan of any of these other guys, Yanmar Gomez, all of this trash that we saw at the back end of the bullpen, and Jace Fry's slider and curveball were just disgusting uh, and he looked like he was going to carry that over uh, during 2019 spring training and then uh last season just you know obviously did not work out in his favor so i think the potential is still there though uh because i think the stuff is raw and uh if he can harness that look out <laughs> like you said look out um we kind of got off there on the bullpen uh that discussion topic but um yeah going back to that so white Sox thing tony um everyone can just you know thank us uh we'll we'll take uh checks cash beers and lot b whatever it is um yep just go ahead. beers and lot b are
1: definitely the, the preferred method of payment
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, hell, I'm just so glad Tony, that we were talking about something, uh, positive here. Cause I remember last year on a shy socks weekly, uh, coming on here after Machado granted it was a little bit later in the winter, but still, uh, just ranting and wondering where the ship's even headed. Uh, now we have a direction. Uh, Rickon is presented us with the direction. And, um, I, I definitely, I don't, I want to wait to see the final roster before I make predictions, but definitely in the same realm as you, uh, close to the playoff or bust. Uh, um sort of uh standpoint there uh as expectations for this team in 2020
1: yeah I, johnny i'm I'm happier you're right there with me on this one because I don't want to feel like I'm some sort of but
0: I just want to wait to give official predictions until we know the roster, you know
1: yeah because you know it, yeah. here's here's the weird thing, Johnny. it can only go up it can't go. Down, like you know what I mean. Like, there's not going to be, in my opinion, unless mm-hmm. there's something like earth shatteringly dumb that Rickon does from here until there. Like, you know, some sort well, of like freak, injury about it, yeah, freak injury or like, whatever. That's what I'm more concerned about. That's, like some honestly. freak off season yeah. injury that, that 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 pops up out of nowhere. Seriously. But like, you know, and and that would be so White Sox. But um, it it can really only go up via addition here. You know what I mean? So like. I don't want to throw numbers out there, but I think 85 is like your floor-ish, right? Like, not maybe not floor, but like something that's attainable, 85. And you're Mm -hmm. within the margin of error um, of a few other teams and in the margin of overperformance to hit 90-plus wins this season. And I think those are really, like, bold numbers, just given where we were last year. I think that's really, like, bold to say. Like, the Sox could be a 90 win team this year holy shit but like i'm i'm kind of looking at this roster and the al central as a whole and going like okay what has everybody else done really isn't much like okay minnesota signed uh what is it rich hill homer uh, bailey (laughs) homer bailey like okay um that doesn't move the needle for me you know what i mean like i don't think they're going to be really any better off maybe they'll be somewhere near where they were but they they kind of overperformed last year um, Cleveland's gotten worse. Um, and then you've got Minnesota or no, uh, Detroit and, and Kansas city, sorry. Um, who are just garbage teams. And, you know, as our guy, shy socks, Janda always says, like, you got to beat your division. They're in a division right now where they can beat these teams. You've got a ton of new faces in this lineup. I named like five guys earlier on who are not automatic outs. They're going to feast on some of this AL central pitching. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be fun. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be interesting every single day. And the sad part about that is, is like last year, I felt like they were a pretty damn interesting team most of the year. For like, I'd say maybe 60 to 75% of the year, they were actually interesting to watch. It's going to be like 90 to 100% interesting to watch baseball on the south side of Chicago this year. And that's that's a world of difference, I think, and at least in my opinion, it's a world of difference when it comes to the whole season because this team should be in some sort of race in September, and that's yeah. that's, that's that's phenomenal.
0: It, it's amazing what can happen when you actually field out a full major league roster, uh, no quadruple A holes. I think that's the biggest thing here.
1: Yeah, and that's not so White Sox. <laughs>
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. I love being proven wrong. So glad that, uh, like I said, just the tone of this whole thing is so much different and I'm not going to get all, like I said, uh, there's the execution still has to happen. Fuck, that's where that's where it all happens on the diamond. Uh, but you know, you put yourself in uh, with what's projected, and uh, having guys that have been there before, in guys like Yasmani Grandal, Dallas Keuchel has obviously won a World Series. I think that's huge, can't be understated. The leadership factor there. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion's been around the block a bunch of times. You know, kind of been a little bit of uh, um, rental over the past couple of seasons, but. um Hopefully he's doing that uh, and being a mainstay for us in the middle of the lineup and uh, playing to the hitter friendly ballpark, just jacking home runs. Cause that's all he needs to do. He's just a DH. So um, I love it. The DH was a hole last year, uh, right field still a little bit of a concern, but hell if that's one of your only holes there, so be it. Um, so be it. You, you address the bigger needs.
1: Let's say that. Hey, addressing your needs, spending money, Building a competitive roster is cool and tough. This White Sox team right now, as constructed, is a cool and tough team. They don't have lame and weak options all over the diamond like they did last year. We've talked about that almost all night so far. And you mentioned it. This is a totally different tone. This is strange right now. This is a strange feeling. It's weird, at least for me, because, Johnny, I'm used to getting on this microphone with you and talking about all the problems, all of the, the holes, all of the downfalls to this club. And like you said, like the, the ship didn't have any direction. I think I wrote an article last year about like, what is the White Sox goal? What are you yeah. doing right now? It's painfully obvious what the White Sox are doing right now. And that is a great thing. Um, sitting here right now at one thirty in the morning talking White Sox. Like, I could do this all night. Like, I'm excited for this season. I can't wait to get to Lot B. I can't wait to crack my first beer on opening day in Lot B and be getting ready for Luis Robert's Major League debut. You know, who are we going to see on the mound? Is it going to be Dallas Keuchel? Is it going to be Lucas Giolito? Like, like I'm just, I'm excited for this team. I'm excited for opening day. I'm always excited for Opening Day, but this might be the most like special Opening Day in White Sox history for the last like 25. 30, I don't even know how many years. This might be the one of the most outside of 2006 Opening Day. This might be the most excited I've ever mm-hmm. been. There's so much energy around this right now. You know, you're getting all these new additions. Hell. Last year, it was like, okay, Eloy, you know, and it wasn't even opening day. It was just a Sox home opener. This is going to be opening day. Luis Robert is going to be manning center field for this team. Major league debut for, like, one of our most prized prospects. Arguably the last, like, of the major. I I think, you know, Andrew Vaughn and, and Nick Madrigal are also going to be big hype events. But, One of the joys that's gotten me through the rebuild so far is like, okay, Johan Mancada day, Michael Kopech day, Dylan Cease day, Eloy Jimenez day, like all these names. Mm. Here's your like final piece kind of arriving here. I don't know if you agree with me on that one or not, but this should be like the final chapter in that book, right? This is the final major, major edition to this club that we've all been waiting for. Like you know, you sit through these games, you sit through Rickon press conferences. You're waiting for all this stuff to happen that he's talked about. Opening days that day now, you've you have a date. It's March 26, 2020. That's when Luis Robert gets to this ball club. He's going to be there. We're all going to be there. The stadium's going to be packed. But not only that. You're going to have the player introductions, and you're going to hear Yasmani Grandal's name called. You're going to hear Dallas Keuchel's name called. You're going to hear Gio Gonzalez, and don't call it an offseason's name called. I'm going to put that <laughs> in the back of his fucking jersey. You're going to hear, you know, you're going to hear Jose Abreu's name called, also signed to an extension this offseason. You're going to hear the the same regulars that you've had for a while. Tim Anderson, your, your batting champion, last year's name called. Joan Moncada, who could win an MVP this season if he continues to play and, and stay on an, up, uh, an upward trend. You're going to hear so many names called that are new. Edwin Encarnacion should get a standing ovation just for the amount of home runs he's going to hit <laughs> as the White Sox DH this year that we didn't get to see last year. Like, I hope Jerry realizes that he's got to spend a lot more money on fireworks this year. This is going to be awesome, Johnny. Opening day is going to be one of the most just intense, electric, ballpark feelings as a white sox fan like I'm I'm lost for words at how much energy should be in the ballpark on March 26th right now please don't snow give me one of these 50 degree days let's make it beautiful because that would not be so white sox
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, you put it there perfectly. Um, I can't really speak too much more to the excitement, but uh, since we're kind of bookending this and I really like the way that you had kind of described that as the, uh, you know, waiting for these next little uh, chapters in it. Uh, with the various prospect call-ups. And, you know, at first, Giolito Lopez to the Mancada to Cease uh, to Eloy, all that. And we get to Luis Robert here. It's what we started the episode with, what we ended it with. I kind of hinted on it earlier when I was talking about him. Um, you summed up all the excitement for this upcoming year. So I'm just going to get right back to Luis Robert here. This guy is a fucking freak athlete. If there's anyone, anyone in the system that can overcome the struggles that we see from White Sox prospects early on, you know how I bitched all this last season. You probably heard me comparing uh, uh, Eloy to Jordan Alvarez or what have you around the league to uh, Pete Alonzo. All of these guys uh, kind of just coming up and mashing right away. Early on in the season, it was Michael Chavis for the Red Sox. Granted, that was us seeing him right up close and personal. There's one guy that can use his af- pure raw athletic ability to overcome that shit. There's still going to be a little bit of adjustment in the eye portion of it, but shit. Luis Robert is going to be a fucking animal. Absolute animal, and I would not put rookie of the year out of the question. Like, you know, there was kind of up in the air for Eloy. Uh, how would it be with the adjustment and all that? I think that this will be the closest that I can have, even being my realistic and, you know, most of the time negative self here. Uh, there's one guy that can do it. I kind of had... Try to will it into existence on the Shy Sox weekly season preview episode last year with Eloy. One guy that I truly believe can do it, Luis Robert. Fucking freak.
1: Well, you didn't roll any R's there, so I'm a little disappointed. I saved that
0: for you and Buzz.
1: (sighs) Luis Robert, rookie of the year. Right there, there it is.
0: I love it, Tony. You got any final thoughts before we close this thing out?
1: let's just get to lot b man like i'm i'm right there right now like i'm I'm watching this video that you tweeted out from socks on tap today of myself buzz and our guy andrew kinsler you've also heard on this show i can't wait to get him back on this dancing in lot b after a win that we got to take in to start me up if you haven't watched this it's probably the only time i've ever danced in the last 28 years and that's how old i am That's probably the only time i've ever danced i'm going to go on record right now and say i will probably be dancing and not be a lot this year after white Sox wins and they probably won't be on video so guess what if you want to see me dance go watch what johnny tweeted out earlier and that was to the start me up song by the rolling stones um we were kind of parodying the, uh, what was it? The windows, windows launch. launch. Yeah. yeah. The windows launch was it like windows XP windows 95 or some shit. Yeah. Um, but either way, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching this right now basically on loop just cause I've got Twitter open and, and it's right there. But, um, I'm thinking like, you know, those, those, uh, those, uh, those, um, what do you call them? Uh, White Sox win video clips that you do from from On Tap Sportsnet, Johnny. Mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be that little segment in that in that video where you just cut like to Buzz Andrew and I dancing. In that. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll have to cut it up. You for, know, uh, we'll the cut 2019 it cut it up and do 2020 that. But twenty twenty season from twenty nineteen,
1: yeah. I'm ex- I'm expecting a lot of good times in Lot B this season, and that's we've had good times in Lot B regardless of, of how the team performs. But I'm expecting a lot more happy joyful joyful johnny times as we walk out of the ballpark this next season yeah a
0: lot Uh, lot more celebratory beers not uh, not a lot of drowning our sorrows beers
1: yeah and we've had plenty of drowning your sorrows beers there'll probably be a few of them but i'm expecting a lot more happy celebratory beers like you just said so i'm ready for that i want to get to lot b like I'm, i'm ready to like maybe not drive up there right now but when I wake up and I have to go to work, I'm going to drive past the ballpark as I always do. And I'm going to look at it and I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm already ready for March 26. I think everybody is. We get to see a lot of listeners out there on, on the 26th. We're going to be hosting the tailgate more details to come on that, but uh, Johnny, the master of tailgates um, that's one of the next things he's got to start doing after he finishes up that uh, the new ballpark mix that he kind of hinted at today. But, we got to mm-hmm. start playing that tailgate, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. There'll be jello shots there. I can, I can assure that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to do a big, uh, the White Sox did a big this offseason. We'll do a big and let B uh, to open up the year, and we'll be doing it big all year. Uh, obviously, the opening day will be a big one with uh, attendance-wise with, with a lot of people out there, a lot of the listeners, uh, a lot of fellow other writers uh, about the White Sox uh, from White Sox Twitter and various other places, uh, friends, family, all that good stuff. So, yeah, we will uh, keep details posted on, on TAP Sportsnet, uh, Twitter account, Socks on TAP, Shy Socks Weekly, um, all of our related accounts there but um yeah we'll, we'll definitely plan that and then i think there's a shirt in the works too for the lot b crew tony
1: there will be a shirt in the works for the lot b tailgate crew that should be dropping fairly soon um just trying to put some finishing touches on that but if you want to join the official lot b tailgate crew with the socks on tap and shy socks weekly guys um grab yourself a shirt so that's coming up uh, fairly soon here
0: yeah, a lot of good stuff. You had hinted at it. The ballpark mix is underway. I can confirm that uh, finally into the uh, very initial editing process uh, that will aim to drop uh right during the beginning of spring training this year. I kind of held out and let it a couple weeks, used it for a little one oh eight tourney clout uh for myself last year, but I will try to get that dropping around spring training time because I know a lot of people are gonna be excited. I'm super excited about it. Can't wait to uh get to work on it a little bit further and place all the sound bites where they need to be and line up the songs to transition how they should. So um if you need the first uh, ballpark mix, you can always just hit me up on Twitter. Um, I don't have it pinned anymore uh, because that was a while ago, but I still do have it bookmarked, so I can send you the links and all of that good stuff so you can download it totally free, all of that good shit. So, um, yeah, uh, Volume 2 coming, though, Spring Training 2020.
1: Excellent, Johnny. I'm excited to listen to it. Hopefully, I get the uh, the preview before the release, like I did last year. That was uh, that was kind of cool to be one of the first listeners to it. I'm just gonna tap my own back right there. I uh, I, uh, I liked being one of the first there. So hopefully, I get that that early access pass that, that you handed out last year. Um, thank you for that. So I. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I still listen to the the uh, original edition uh, probably at least once a week, and I'm sure most other White Sox fans who follow Johnny on Twitter do. He does excellent work with that. So thank you, my friend, for your service um, and uh, getting me pumped for White Sox games and just yeah. thinking about the White Sox during the off season helps me get through it. So um, if you haven't listened to it, like Johnny said, hit him up on Twitter. He'll get you access to that thing. It's uh, it's amazing. I can't wait to see what you do with round two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tony, I hate to pat myself on the back, but I still probably about the same frequency uh, that you guys do, even though I made it and I listened to it probably, you know, four or five times in its entirety before even release, uh, before finalizing, uh, I still, still don't get old when you hear old thunderstruck, uh, rolling in after pirates and then the, uh, uh, world series soundbite into don't stop believing, man. Uh, that, that's something, uh, I will say that I'm trying not to double up. So, uh, you'll want both versions. Uh, so hit me up for that first one before two drops. So, you know what you, uh, what the first one's all about and what to expect in the second so uh tony that's about all we've got housekeeping wise here uh for this episode of socks on tap kind of a little bit of a uh, airing out uh celebration um we've covered some topics obviously started with robert and uh got into a little bit of our excitement for 2020 but i think it's time to close it down because i have a blackhawks episode to edit
1: <laughs> yeah uh johnny white Sox forever white Sox forever